Aloha. It's May the 18th, 2022. Time for our new show, American Issues Take One. I'm Tim Apicelli, your host. And today's title is Election 2022, Issues That Move Voters. Uh, that title might be antiquated as of this morning because uh, CNN reported a nationwide poll that uh, addresses voter, voter turnout. And uh, some of the results are a little bit uh, jarring. Uh, for example, uh, of the voters uh, that were polled, 59% were concerned about the economy, 30% are concerned about uh, domestic and social issues, and 3% are concerned about foreign and domestic policy, or, excuse me, foreign policy. Uh, as far as uh, what, how things are going in this country, we have 65% of Americans who are concerned, 21% uh, of Americans are scared, and 10% are optimistic, and 4% are actually excited. And then the one I think that uh, caught my attention the most was of those polled, 53% of Americans are burned out on politics. 23% are fired up. And of that 23%, 33% uh, of them are the GOP that responded, 25% are Democrats, and 14% are independents. And then the, to finish things out, 24% are neither burned out or fired up. So given those uh, statistics, Sam, oh, by the way, before I start in, I'd like to introduce my guests. Today we have Jay Fidel, my co-host, Sandy Ma, uh, Executive Director with Common Cause, and of course, always, Cynthia Lee Sinclair. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Tim. Uh, Sandy, I'm going straight to you. I, I just read off uh, a nationwide uh, CNN poll here, and I want to focus in on the excitement factor. 65% um, of Americans are concerned. Only 4% are excited. Uh, given where we have a midterm election here in November, less than six months, um, how do those numbers play out as far as voter engagement, getting them to the polls, regardless if they're a GOP voters or Democrat voters? Is that for me or for Sandy? Yes, Sandy, that's oh. for you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for having Common Cause Hawaii on your program. Uh, we are a nonpartisan a nonprofit national uh, part of a national organization. And so uh, we are uh, happy, uh, ecstatic that people are excited about uh, voting in the upcoming 2022 elections. Uh, many uh, states are already uh, engaged in early voting as we speak now, Georgia, uh, Texas, a lot of states are already involved in early voting. So we are happy that uh, our citizens are motivated and uh, enthusiastic about voting. And so that bodes well for our democracy. Uh, the foundation of our democracy is voting and people should be engaged and should be motivated to vote. So many things are on the line, as we could tell um, from the recent uh, leaked uh, draft Supreme Court uh, opinion, um, our fundamental rights are at stake. And so everything stems from voting and taking an interest in actually participating in the polls. Um, we may not think uh, that our voting matters, uh, but everything matters. State and local politics, state and local um, uh, education boards, school boards, municipal boards um, at the national level, um, our, in Hawaii, our city council, county council, everything matters and stems from participating, just casting a ballot, one of the simplest things people can do. 
and All right. You know, we just had our primary uh, last evening, and um, of the primaries, particularly if you go to the GOP side, it looks like Donald Trump's uh, candidates, about 50% of them uh, prevailed. Uh, one is still in question, that's Dr. Uh, Mehmet Oz, who um, is in Pennsylvania. That, that election has yet to be determined, and it's gonna probably go to recount. Um, but it looks like of the Trump-endorsed candidates, 50% made it and 50% didn't make it. Uh, some are too close to call, and already Donald Trump has opined, and he said that if he was Dr. Um, Mehmet Oz, he would just declare victory. Uh, and he's basically implying that there might be some shenanigans with vote tallying and, and vote counting, which of course shouldn't surprise us at all. The question is how um, these states where there's a close race and it's Republican against Republican, um, how, how do they weigh in on, on the vote counting and these, you know, to make sure that uh, people are that are convinced that it was a fair free election and it wasn't uh, at all um, tainted? For you, Sandy. Oh, uh, thank how, you. How do, how do we verify integrity, particularly given the new state's uh, voter, voter laws that have uh, been taking place? And how do, we, how do we go about doing that, particularly when Donald Trump may be saying that um, uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz won and she declared victory and uh, forgo a recount? So, so isn't there something uh, called electric, election integrity? So, I mean, that, that is a really uh, great question, and that is the, the issue of misinformation and disinformation and someone coming out and saying you cannot trust what our elections officials are doing. That issue is sweeping across the nation, um, and that just cannot uh, uh we have to trust our elections officials. Elections officials are experts at what they do. They are trained in what they do. They are trained in elections security. They are trained in elections laws. Um, they know what they're doing. And for someone who is not an expert in elections laws and election security and ballot counting and chain of custody and not understanding the nuances that goes in to how to run an election and to come in and say, well, it's just voter fraud because I don't understand it. I don't have the expertise in it. And because I don't understand it, that means there's something fraudulent going on is just inappropriate. At mm -hmm. some point in time, we have to trust the experts. We could ask questions, we could verify, we could learn, but we cannot just say that it's fraud because we did not get the results we wanted. And so we have to, at some point, understand that there are experts out there. and. That is what elections officials are. They are experts in their field. They have spent careers doing this work. And good it's okay point. to question. And, yeah, well, good point that you, you've made. You know, so we, let's look at 2020 uh, presidential election. We had, you know, and presumably it's the courts that actually come down and say, this election was fair or this election was not fair. And in the case of 2020 presidential election, we had over 60 court cases. Uh, one which I think did prevail in the favor of GOP, but it was a minor issue. But so how do we, in a nonpartisan way, uh, try to dissuade uh, the popular belief that Donald Trump or any other politician, doesn't have to be Donald Trump, says that the election was tainted? How do we do that in a nonpartisan way? And if it's not court cases, then how do we do that? How do we go about convincing um, the average voter that, hey, this 2020 wasn't a stolen election? and certainly. Uh, moving ahead in the 2022 midterms, we will have election e integrity. 
No, I mean, that that is um, the million dollar question right now that everyone is trying to disinformation and misinformation and malinformation is sweeping across our social media. Mm -hmm. We are fed by these algorithms into these echo chambers that feed our paranoia. And uh, it, that is really, um, really what we are trying to combat at Common Cause. We're trying to figure that out. We are trying to hold um, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, um, Twitter, TikTok, uh, to some higher level of accountability. They cannot make money off of destroying our democracy. Um, they are having these algorithms amplify misinformation, um, disinformation, knowing that it's false information and uh, you know, targeting um, people uh, and just in uh, creating these echo chambers of, of wrongful information. And we really um, you know, have to think about our education system and go back to its source. We need to better educate uh, from you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college level as to what is democracy, how to understand and have you know, a, a, a questioning mind uh, without just saying, well, we don't understand it, so it must be false. <laughs> you know, we didn't get the result we wanted. It must be cheating by the other side. There is a way of questioning and asking questions um, without saying, well, if I don't get it, then it must not be true or accurate. Um, so we must go back to better teaching um, our students um, you know, and it, it just, we dismantled our social safety net, we dismantled our education system. Um, and so we, we have to really kind of, we're now reaping the consequences and we have to rebuild. Um, okay, well, Sandy, thank you. And I really appreciate your efforts trying to address social media and, and the many uh, postings that are inaccurate and disinformation. I appreciate that. Uh, JTU, uh, Donald Trump's endorsed candidates, um, Half of them made it and half of them didn't. Why, um, why do you think they made it? Uh, was it based on social uh, domestic issues or was it the economy as, uh, what was it, um, uh, James Carville said, it's the economy stupid? Or was it just the fact that Trump endorsed the candidates that uh, made a big difference in their, real, or their election into these new positions for the primary? <clears throat> the latter. Uh, just because Donald Trump a, said it. He's a cult figure. Uh, despite the fact that he's not on Twitter, uh, not clear that he's going to get back on, but even without Twitter, he's a cult figure. Um, and the country is moving right, and somehow he attracts attention and support from a growing body of uh, Republicans. And the Republicans are moving right as a party. I mean, it's in the paper almost every day how they're moving right, and they're moving right for him. Um, so, you know, the answer is it really was a disappointment to me to find that so many Trump-endorsed candidates uh, won in so many places. I would have expected they would have shoved off from him. I mean, the, the vote, the electorate would have shoved off from him, but no, uh, the Republicans are supporting well, him increasingly and the party is moving right. Well, can't you argue that uh, maybe it's a good thing they won the primary because they are extreme candidates. Uh, some of the things they've said either on social media or, or in the press uh, are bizarre at best. Uh, certainly extreme. And isn't that a good thing to have them as candidates for the general election? Can I, can I get back to you uh, in the middle of November on that? Okay, sure. Okay, great. All right. Good answer. Um, well, well deferred. Uh, let's talk about the excitement issue. Um, you know, the CNN poll says that only 4% of the uh, 
population. I don't know how big the poll was. Presumably, it was fairly large sampling. But that's a shocking number that 4% are excited. Um, you know, 65% were concerned and 21% and are scared. What are they scared of? What are they concerned about? Jay? Are you asking me? Yes, sir. Oh, well, I think it, it goes to uh, Sandy's point about disinformation and confusion. And uh, we haven't discussed this in any detail, but voter fatigue. I think the numbers uh, from that poll you know, demonstrate voter fatigue. We're really bloody tired of hearing about it. And it's, uh, it's the social media and it's the inconsistency it's the influence of, um, you know, a media that lies to us. Uh, and, and it's that uh, people are really getting tired of hearing, hearing the drone go on day after day, week after week, and they don't know which way to go. And the leadership is, um, you know, not strong enough to point us in a direction where we can all get on board. I, I feel it myself, don't you? Um, well, you know, I'm really tired of hearing about some of these things. And therefore, and, I'm, and I intend to vote, but I think Sandy will have to agree uh, and Cynthia, too, um, that this plays against voting. Because if people are fatigued, they say, the hell with it, I'm not going down. It's too much trouble. I have very little confidence in my vote will count because there's all these voting officials that have been turned upside down by the Republicans in the meantime, especially right now. And, and so the result is, and this is what happens in China. If, if you don't believe your vote will count, you don't vote. Well, to answer your question, I'm mean, burned out or I'm tired of it. I can't afford to be burned out or tired of it because we're doing this show. And this show's <laughs> about politics. So the answer is no, I'm excited. I'm energized. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, you know, if we have 59% focused on the economy and, and 20, 30% focused on domestic social issues, what, how does that contrast with the 4% excited percentage that was cited in a CNN poll. I mean, aren't, aren't Republicans excited about a, a pom-pom celebration of the reversal of Roe v. Wade? I mean, they've been planning that for 50 years, and presumably that's why Donald Trump was elected in the first place, because he was dedicated to reversing Roe v. Wade through the selection of, um, you know, Supreme Court justices. And, and doesn't Roe v. Wade energize the Democrats to turn out for the polls? Yet we have 4% excitement factor. Uh, that seems to be a bit of a contradiction of terms. Jay. Are you asking me that question? Yes, sir. I am okay. still with you. I, you know, Sandy was referring to the echo chamber, and this is another aspect of the echo chamber, polls. Because, you know, we all know we've all written polls at one... You know, Cynthia is shaking her head. She knows what I mean. Um, you know, we've all written polls. I'm sure Sandy has, too. Uh, try to get, you know, the public to respond and get a handle on where they are. But it depends on how you write the question. Uh, and, you know, it could be these questions, um, you know, that beg the answer. It could be they're not well written. It could be that people don't understand them the way you'd like. And so I, I question the 4% as, as a real figure about excitement. Uh, on the other hand, uh, let me go back to a point that you and I were talking about a minute ago. And that is, um, how do we know whether that 4% will affect turnout in November? Uh, you know, there are various factors, uh, you know, the, the move right, the uh, the Trump comments uh, and this this poll number. Um, how do we know whether um, th this lack of excitement uh, will you know w will affect turnout? And and I would say on that one, I got to get back to you in the middle of November. Just as I said before, it's the same thing. But one other thing in that poll you mentioned, I'd like to take a moment on. Um, and then I'm going to turn off the rest of turn over the rest of my time to Cynthia. Uh, <laughs> is um, a, there was a very low number in that poll 
of people who cared about foreign policy, a very low number in that poll that cared about what was going on in, in Ukraine. And I am mighty disturbed about that because I think that Ukraine is more important than any of these domestic issues. It is uh, the turning point on, on the liberal world order uh, and on so many things in so many places, which will be in the larger global echo chamber of information and political action and war and peace going forward. And it is very disappointing to find the American public, according to that poll, doesn't care. Good point. Thank you, Jay. Cynthia, um, again, I'm going back to the poll here for a moment. Uh, they cited 30% were uh, interested in domestic social issues. To what degree is uh, Fox, particularly Tucker Carlson, uh, basically exciting the voting populace? with this uh, notion we call, or notion, or this theory that he's popped up with as uh, replacement theory. I call it white fear. Uh, they've cited that Tucker Carlson has talked about this about 400 times since 2016. Uh, would that qualify as a domestic social issue that is energizing certain voters? And I, I won't say this necessarily GOP voters. Also Democrat voters believe that they are they are somehow subject to this white replacement theory that Tucker Carlson drones on about day in and day out. And certainly how the, uh, the Murdoch brothers seem to say, yeah, it's good for business. So to what degree is that going to energize voters versus the economy, versus inflation, versus increasing interest rates, uh, versus uh, the higher prices of gas? Uh, which, one takes, uh, which one takes the top to, to motivate voters? Well, I think the GOP is 100% motivated by this white replacement theory. Um, it's just incredible to me to hear it come out of anybody's mouth. But then I think about when I lived in the South, and I remember what the mentality of the people were, was there. So it makes sense to me. Um, I don't think it's going to be a very big motivator for Democrats to worry about that. I think they're much more concerned about the economy. I think Democrats are more concerned about the economy than anything else because we were all behind that Build Back Better bill. We really saw some relief coming. We thought, oh, maybe there's going to be help with childcare. Maybe there's going to be help with some of this stuff where you're know, going to get a raise in pay so that people aren't making so much um, less and lower than the cost of living. And then it didn't happen. So people turned away. And that's where I think some of that um, affectation happened with, with Democrats, where they don't, they're not interested anymore. They're burnt out. They're like, what is the point? I gave okay. you guys my all and nothing happened. Okay, well, let me go to that. Because one thing I didn't mention this CNN poll was probably the most important statistic. And that is Joe Biden's approval rating sits at 40%. And his disapproval is 55%. That's not good going into a midterm. So here's the deal. Um, to what degree uh, are these failed efforts in uh, voting suppression laws and trying to get a national voting bill done or the Build Back Better, to what degree is that part of his disapproval rating? Um, I think that the fact that the voting rights legislation didn't go through affects everything, not just, I know, sorry, who cares about what his approval rating is if the votes aren't going to be counted appropriately and correctly by people that aren't partisan hacks? We already know that in Florida, 
um, DeSantis has appointed a secretary of state that is purely Republican, been pushing all of the big lie and the election security fraud. So right there, we've got one state that's already set there. We've got, what is it, 17 states that have Republican legislatures in them, and they've already passed bills that make it so that the Republicans, the legislature can have more power than the Secretary of State. That to me is terrifying. Now this, I have something for us here today. And I think this is what the Democrats, <laughs> I see Jay laughing. <laughs> Cynthia brings us gifts. <laughs> okay, so this one, um, I think the Democrats need to push 24 seven, not just every once in a while. I wanna hear it 24 seven. And I really wanna hear mainstream television news to stop promoting this stuff about Tucker Carlson. It's one thing to say he said it. It's another thing to show him saying it over and over and over. It's like they're playing into Fox News hands. And I think, why? Well, let me interrupt you for a second because Nick Cavasori, and I'm an Italian, I can't pronounce a fellow Italian's last name, um, in the New York Times said that 33% of all Americans, not just GOP, not just Democrats, 33% of all Americans I are leaning their, their shoulder into this concept called replacement theory. That's a frightening statistic. It is, but I don't believe in polls. I'm kind of like Jay. It all depends on how you ask them, uh, who you ask, when you ask them. There's so many things that, you know, could change what the answers are. Who did okay. I, I, I'll, I'll buy that about polls, but I, I have living proof. 2016, Donald Trump was elected partially because he pumped white fear into the voters oh, well, and it yes. stuck and he became president of the United States. Well, now that I, I do agree with and I, all those people that I was, you know, interacting with in the South for all those years, they fell right into that white replacement theory. Okay, so here's what I think Republicans don't want us to remember, especially they don't want women to remember. And this is the stuff I want the Democrats to push. In 1974, Republicans and conservatives voted against the Equal Credit Act that would allow women to apply for their own credit cards and mortgage loans. Men should always co-sign. In 1978, they voted against the Pregnancy Act that they wanted to keep the employer's right to fire pregnant women. In 1980, they voted against allowing women to report sexual harassment in the workplace. Men will be men. Um, and then, okay, in 19, uh, excuse me, in 2012, they voted against the equal pay for equal work for women. Men should be paid more. Um, in 1994 and 2012, they voted against Violence Against Women Act, which helps victims of domestic violence and rape and educates law enforcement. In 1972, they fought against selling birth control to single women until the Supreme Court made it available for all. I want those things to shout it from the rooftop because we've got to remind Democrats who Republicans are. Right now, there's going to be a, late, a race. Okay, we know the results coming out of Pennsylvania's governor race, right? We know that Mastriano, the guy that was Trump 
you know, supported. We also know that he's been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee because he was one of the leaders in pushing the big lie. All right. Okay. And going against that, goes to, that goes to my point that fine, let him win the primary and how and, they'll stack up in the general will be another question. Thank you, Cynthia. Uh, Shout from the rooftops. The well, there is no rooftop here. I'm in a condo. Uh, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Sandy, going to you, you know, in, in any voting or any election, it's all about the ground game. So how does the GOP, how do the Democrats, how does any organization that encourages voting, how do they energize the volunteers? And to what degree are those volunteers up for the 2022 mid midterm elections? So we run a really state-by-state um, -state election protection program in which we ensure that people uh, are able to get to the polls. Um, if there are trouble at the polls, report it uh, to uh, our election protection um, staff of attorneys who will go to court and ensure that their uh, ability to be able to vote uh, is honored and protected. And so that is what we do throughout the state. We call elections officials uh, to say that there is trouble at the polls, and this is state by state, county by county, uh, to, to ensure that uh, people are able to vote. Um, we educate people how to vote uh, throughout the different states, throughout the different counties, like how to early vote, which early voting sites are open, which early voting sites have been closed. Um, uh, when to use a provisional ballot, when to demand an um, actual ballot, what kind of IDs are accepted, which kind, what are not accepted, um, you know, if the states have ID requirements. So we do uh, run that election protection program state by state, county by county. All righty. Um, Sandy, how's the health or the pulse rate of mail-in ballots uh, in all the other states? I know Hawaii we're doing quite well as our mail-in. I mean, it's our it's our way of voting. What's the health of mail-in balloting in many of these states where uh, state legislatures have tried to restrict or prohibit mail-in balloting? Well, it's not good. Um, other states are not uh, um, as welcoming as mail-in ballot. If you want a mail-in ballot across the nation, and especially the southern states, you have a very onerous requirement that you have to go through. Um, some states require, I just learned that in Missouri, you have to, they just passed a law that you have to swear out an affidavit. And, uh, and so that is very challenging. And it's targeted towards minority populations. And it's really to prevent minority populations uh, from voting. Um, and so it, it is difficult. Are there, well, I, I could appreciate it's really difficult. Are there, con is there concrete, uh, methodologies to try to, other than legislative techniques, are there other techniques of trying to uh, uh, get around these restrictions about mail-in balloting? So definitely um, uh, people are going to court to challenge these laws uh, as discriminatory of uh, violating the Equal Protection Act. Um, there could be state constitutional protections um, that could be challenged under as well, because as we all know, the federal courts are not as welcoming as they used to be. Is there any hope by twenty by November twenty twenty two that some of these court decisions may prevail and and open that up? Uh, you know, I, I I cannot uh, guess the courts uh, yeah. anymore. So timelines, uh, yeah. yeah. Not to mention their decision. Certainly, their timelines are up in the air too. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Sandy, thank you so much.
Uh, Jay, we've run out of time, but I want to ask you something. Uh, you know, Fox News has done great to provide misinformation, disinformation to our, our voting public. Uh, to some degree, white fear has set in. Also, the stop the steal, the election 2020 was uh, bantied about on Fox News for quite some time. Did I say Fox News? I'm sorry, Fox Commentary. Uh, it's not Fox News, it's Fox Commentary. The question is, what can Democrats do to foil this disinformation campaign that Fox so much loves to do and is quite good at it? I, I don't know why, but what pops up in my brain is Hugo Black, uh, judge of justice on the Supreme Court years ago. Fire said, in know, a theater. Fire in the theater. Yeah. And, um, you know, yes, you have the right to say anything you want, but you can't call fire in a crowded movie theater because it's too dangerous. Um, and there's a limit. Okay. And I think what we have in Fox News is fire in the theater because everybody knows what's, what's going to happen. And you divide the country and you make everybody mad at each other. And you encourage, um, you know, murder in the street. Um, and this is a big problem for voting because people are misinformed and disinformed. You know, we, we see from Russian television that you can, you can uh, tell them the Brooklyn Bridge is for sale or that the moon is made out of green cheese. And if you say it often enough, they'll, they'll believe it. Yeah. And that's the problem about misinformation and disinformation. Okay, well, and let me go to that. Let me go to that because, you know, we heard Joe Biden, President Biden yesterday, um, specifically talk about misinformation and how that correlated to the shooting in Buffalo at the food, uh, the food market. And he said he was going to come out and address those who are making profit off of such a conspiracy theory, specifically white, right, white replacement. Um, but he's meek. He's not really addressing the source of the problem, which is Fox dis disinformation. Doesn't he have an FCC that he can say, look, I want you to examine this? Isn't he the president of the United States that has some influence over his regulatory agencies? The FCC uh, is run by appointed um, uh, officials. And yeah. they're, not, they're not all Biden officials, correct? Uh, and and they're going to have to make a decision. He but could, doesn't he could the president have any influence over this agency? Uh, sure, he does, and he could yeah. he could make some you know some bully pulpit statements about them. He can try to reappoint their people when he when he can. Um, but but I agree with you that we need regulation on this. The fact is, the movie the movie theater is at great risk when people are um, making outrageous statements like this. And, um, you know, this, this, we are in an emergency. This is an information, to take Sandy's point, we are in an information emergency. And to go through those, uh, you know, remarkable decisions that Republicans have made, um, and the fact that we have a cult, we have a cult that's running the country, or at least running the Republican Party, um, this, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be reformed. We have to dig deep and reform this. So yes, we have to protect the vote, but we also have to protect the voters, the voters, because voters are only mammals and, and people, and they make, they make mistakes if they are fed bad information. And if we want to save the country, we're going to have to stop that. So the First Amendment has to be changed. The problem here is that the federal courts are slightly off kilter more than that, and you couldn't count on the Supreme Court to protect us from this. Uh, and so I don't know, I don't know, and I'll have to get back to you much later about it, uh, what we can do. Maybe Sandy has an idea All right. how you can combat 
misinformation and disinformation in the first place. Well, I've counted three now, three, I'll have to get back to you, Tim, uh, times you've said that. So you will have to get back to me. <laughs> so, hey, let's, we run out of time. Let's, let, let's Sandy answer my question. Okay, go ahead. We are actually working on that. We are standing up a cyber suppression program right now in, in the National Common Cause Office working on that issue, trying to figure out what can be done. One of it is FCC uh, thinking uh, through the regulations that could be proposed um, on, on this very issue, uh, holding uh, corporate actors accountable. Um, that, that's another issue um, that we are looking at. Um, it's, that's, it's that's real, that's, in my opinion, that's really, really important because yeah. that is driving uh, uh, voters away from the polls. It is this, you know, giving giving you fatigue, but it is also giving you confusion. So when you finally get there, and assuming your vote is respected, you could be making some terrible mistakes, as Cynthia was mentioning. Yeah. All right, we've run out of time, so I'm going to go around the uh, the the virtual table here and get your last thoughts, Cynthia, with you first. Um, I think the polls, in that sense, show a little bit so we have tangible proof of something we kind of already knew and that is that apathy right that people they don't want to do anything now that it didn't work they went put themselves out and it didn't do any good so now they're like well forget it so we got to stay engaged and that's the most important thing is just staying engaged you can get to the truth and you can get past the misinformation if you get your information from more than just one place if you're getting all your news from Facebook, chances are you're not getting the whole story or even the right story. And same with Twitter or even any one news source. You have to watch them all. And I know that's who has that kind of time, right? But you can get them brought to your inbox and you can just read parts of them and use whatever time you've got. It's important to stay engaged. And I have a quote from Madeline Albright, and that'll be my closing thought here. She said, and Madeleine Albright was an amazing woman, right? She says, the temptation is powerful to close our eyes and wait for the worst to pass. But history tells that for freedom to survive, it must be defended. And that if lies are to stop, they must be exposed. Great quote, great points, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Uh, Sandy, your last thoughts or comments? Uh, you know, I, I thought uh, the polling uh, that you mentioned, Tim, was uh, showed hope for the nation that people, despite all the misinformation, despite all the disinformation, despite all this coming at us, people are still engaged and want to save our democracy. So that's my takeaway, that there is still hope. Um, people still want to fight for what they believe in. Um, it may not be everything that I believe in, but it doesn't matter, people still care. So that's a good thing. Wonderful, thank you, Sandy, great points too. Uh, Jay, <laughs> my co-host, you get the last word. Thank you. Uh, Sandy, uh, from your lips to God's ears, as they say, <laughs> the same thing with you, Cynthia, but I leave you with this thought, and it's the, the thought that comes up on the Washington Post. And it always touches me every time. Do you remember? <laughs> Democracy dies in darkness. We really can never forget that. True. And that concludes our time for today. I want to say thank you to Jay Fidel, Sandy Ma, and Cynthia Lee Sinclair.
Thank you for joining us on American Issues, Take One. I'm Tim Apicella, your host, and won't you join us next Wednesday at 11 o'clock and see us again. Thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.